Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had to start the interleague podcast. Sorry, I've just been. Oh, so tired. The trade deadline, just so busy, just fantasy, so many trades. Juan Soto's on my team now. So much stuff has happened. Oh, wait, no, Juan Soto's not on my team now. But that's okay. I just gotta wake up and I gotta watch baseball. Doesn't matter how bad my team is, fantasy, real life, none of that matters. We're winners at heart. And there's always next year. Glad to be back on the Inner League podcast. Today we bring you episode 94. Spags. Who Are you ready for you, another bro? Tuesday podcast? Yeah, who hurt you? Oh, I wasn't really hurt. It was more like tired. It started off tired. It sounded, and it was like, and it was like a better. dream. And then it was like a dream I had. Gotcha. And I remember I woke up and gotcha. we didn't do much. But then we did a little bit. But like me and your team and both teams and all the teams, really, they all did something. Really. Yeah. At least um, the relevant ones, like fantasy and MLB. So, yeah. yeah, I heard earlier. Just tired. Yeah, I heard earlier that. Uh, it was just the Colorado Rockies were the only team not involved in a trade this season in MLB. So. Well, they're afraid to make trades. I would be yeah. too. I have a little, you know, like, mm, no, everyone's trying to fleece us. You know, we can't trust none of the Omaha Parkers out here. So, yeah, but no one. And they signed Chris Bryant. Like, I feel like the Colorado Rockies think like we don't need Nolan Arenado. We can we can poorly manage a team with or without him. It doesn't really matter. So yeah, and it's it is worth noting that there were reports of people being in talks with them because I know I sent you an article about the Yankees looking at trading for Jose Iglesias. Yeah, that is true. And isn't their closer Daniel Bard, right? Yeah, and I think he was also yeah, he was linked. About the, but then the they signed line. him to an extension as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no so, trades, but they did yeah. they did do some stuff. Get in action. They signed Kyle Freeland to a couple year contract earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know. Yeah, just preparing for that future, making sure that Tony Losey has a good team to come to. True that. Azuna just hit bombs, dude. Lomas went ten to one. Nice, nice. How many, how many bombs are they? Let's see. The Braves cover five bombs themselves tonight yet? No, just the two. I mean, when a team scores 10 runs, you probably think they have a couple more bombs than two. I guess unless they made it with like one big one. Anywho, sorry. So, yeah, the Colorado Rockies, you know, they're the, um, the let's go Brandons, you know. Mm-hmm. They're the, uh, um, I gotta go look at other league names. I already <laughs> forget them, you know? Free wins. They're the, they're the yeah, free wins. Uh, Steven with a PH. Yeah, that was the name I created. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're just those guys. They're just in there, you know, because they're just there to get, you know, their shared revenue. Yeah. Just dragging the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You know, they're there. They're they're in the league. But, you know, it's Colorado Rockies. Who needs them to make trades anyway? You know, plenty of other stuff True. happened. True. The, the NL West was plenty busy without the Rockies. 
<laughs> True that. That's why the Rockies are like, nah, we just yeah, like no one's gonna even care. <laughs> yeah, you know, no one will probably even notice if we make yeah, a trade. Everyone around here is fucking high, so yeah, no one, no one cares what we're doing. They're just still they're celebrating just... their Stanley Cup championship, man. Yeah, also that they're just <laughs> like, nah, no, nah, the Rockies can't be good because the Avalanche. Won, we're, yeah, so. we don't. The Rockies aren't here because we're a hockey town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all blood. Yeah, who Rockies? What? Mm. Who? Oh, until the Broncos come up, they're ready right. for that. <clears throat> they're, they're like there's there's football season and there's hockey season there's no other sports yeah yeah they uh, and ma- the, they outside of those two it's, it's hiking season oh yep they do the nuggets i think are in yeah. denver still sure and mellow's not on that team anymore so i think they've been irrelevant since mellow gotcha and I, but I don't know much about basketball. So I, yeah, I also don't know anything about basketball. I know the Denver Nuggets used to be a team. I don't know if they still are. Yeah, that is true. They might not even be a team anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I could be making stuff up. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's a surprise. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Colorado's in some sort of rebuild. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, they're in this weird flux. Like, I don't know why they traded Arenado and then signed Bryant to the deal that they did, and their team's still where they're at. But I mean, like, they're committing the pieces for the future. Maybe they continue to do that. Like, I'm surprised like a Charlie Blackman wasn't traded. Um, yeah, something along those lines. Like, I don't know what the contract situation is. Maybe he doesn't want to be. Who I mean. Knows? But... Mm-hmm. Not a lot of like outfield. I guess Harrison Bader, but I guess sorry Trey Mancini. Uh, like outfielders that were traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gallo. Well, um, dude, I'm somehow it's an outfielder. Somehow, dude, the Yankees were like able to call the richest team in baseball and be like, um, "We're gonna need your help on this one." Yeah, that, so the prospect that they got from the Dodgers was number 15 in their organization, but he slots over to be number 10 in the Yankees organization. It's like they got a top 10 prospect in the organization for Joey Gallo. I don't know how Cashman did that. Oh, well, are you guys eating salary or what? I have no idea, but it's not like I, yeah. Gallo's not making a ton of money. He's still in arbitration. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I mean... And well, again, I feel like I haven't made this comment more too recent enough. I mean, he's not making that much in the vacuum that is MLB baseball. Yeah, true. <laughs> like in the in like the grand scheme of like what people make in the world, he's making a fuck ton. But I want to say it's like ten million, something like that. He's around there. Yeah, ten point two seven five. So yeah, ten million dollars. That is a, a bunch of money. But, dude, so I guess someone asked the Rockies about the being the only team that didn't make a deadline trade. Bill Schmidt said, We were also the only club to sign a player to an extension at the deadline. 29 other clubs didn't sign anybody to an extension. Well, no, that's not true, but honest mistake. <laughs> that's what he said. No, that's not yeah. true, but honest mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <funny>. uh, <laughs> hey we got any you 
do you feel you got an equal return for Arenado? Yeah, we do. Well, we didn't. Honest mistake. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What a bunch of dummies. Um, but no, our our teams. I think. I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. I so starting with the Yankees. I was very much a fan of everything that they did. Like literally when we talked about the exercise last week of what you're, what we think the team should do literally like my, my checkbox was like at find a replacement for Joey Gallo. And I've talked for a few weeks now about how I wanted that to be Andrew Benatendi trade for a starting pitcher. Like that's going to be a top two starting pitcher, like a game changing starting pitcher get a little bit of bullpen help trade away Gallo trade away Chapman. Like those would have been the things that I wanted to have happen at the trade deadline. And they traded for Benintendi a little before the deadline traded for Montaz. They added Trevino. They traded away Gallo Chapman still on the team. Um, Oh, and then they brought in Scott Efros who had a decent outing tonight. His first outing as a Yankee. Nice. So all of those things are good. Like I, I was on board with all of that, but the head scratcher for me is Montgomery being traded for Harrison Bader. And don't, don't it, get me wrong. It's still going a while. It's right. still going a while. That's even what we're talking about. It could <laughs> yeah. be more perfect for our content, but yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I don't have a problem with Bader coming to the Yankees. We've discussed it on this podcast numerous times in the past that Bader to the Yankees would be a good fit. Like they've needed a, a strong defensive center fielder for a really long time. Um, I think he's bats good enough to slot in at the bottom of the lineup, you know, bat eight, bat nine. He can swipe some bags, which is something that the Yankees have been doing more of. Um, maybe he goes the route of Matt Carpenter and the, the Yankees turn him into a 300 hitter. Who knows? Um, he'll run for days if he hits the ball into left center. <laughs> so, like, he may, like, lead the league in triples, you know, like, if he can start hitting the gaps. Uh, but there's obviously the big question mark with his foot now. Um, when speed is his biggest tool, what does having a foot injury do for him? What the, what does the rest of his career look like? And I will say that with Montgomery, it kind of left him as odd man out because they have Cole, now Montaz, Nestor Cortez. Domingo Herman, Jamison Tyon, when Severino comes back from getting healthy, which they just put him on the 60-day IL, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. So that's why the Montgomery trade was a head-scratcher. But, you know, then you have, like, Clark Schmidt, Luis Heal. Um, so, they, so they have a, a few guys that can slot in and fill that spot. Um even without counting the young kids, you were still at six starters on the team going into next year. But you don't have Severino this year. And so I think that that's what confuses me. Like, I'm I'm not opposed to giving up Montgomery. I think Montgomery is a very good fit for the Cardinals. Um, maybe you're not able to get Bader for Montgomery pretty much straight up. I mean, I know there's going to be cash or a player to be named later if Bader doesn't come back this season. So maybe you're not able to get that little addendum. If you wait till the off season, 
Um, maybe the Cardinals aren't willing to part with Bader as much. Something along those lines. Um, Montgomery made $6 million this year. Next year's his last year of arbitration, so he's probably going to make more. Bader's locked in at $4.7 million, so it does save the Yankees probably a couple million at least. Um, but I, know, I, just, I don't know what you do. Like, so and, unless the game plan is that they're not going to re-sign Benintendi because he was just a rental outfielder. He's a free agent at the end of the year. So if they're not going to re-sign him and they're going to run with like Judge, Bader, and Hicks out in the outfield for next year, then I guess it makes a little bit more sense. Um, but I, but I don't know. I, I feel like Benintendi was the yeah, main target. Your outfield got way smaller, you know? Oh yeah. They definitely Benintendi, way smaller. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 We got to get in the weight room, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll let Judge and Stan hang out with them for a little yeah, bit. Imagine that team picture. Hey, outfielders, you know? Yeah. Like you could just stack like Bader on top of Benintendi yeah. and he'd be like, yeah. they'd be another judge. Or put like Benintendi on Stanton's shoulders and Bader on <laughs> Judge's shoulders. Yeah, they'd be like the same size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so <clears throat> so it, it it has its it has its reasonings. Like I can understand where the mindset's at, but I really hope that they re-sign Benintendi. He hasn't been great, so let's let's wait until the brought him over. Yeah. He hasn't been phenomenal. It's hard to get adjusted to a new team. For sure. So, so wait till the off season. But I, I think he has the capability of being very talented. I think he's also batting more in the middle of the lineup, which when the Yankees are healthy, he won't be. Um, he would be more towards the end of that lineup. <clears throat> so it, it was, it was just very interesting to me that you went out and you traded for Montaz, but then traded away a starting pitcher. And yes, I imagine in every way you cut it, Montas is a better pitcher than Montgomery. I'm not saying that he's not, but Montgomery wasn't bad. You know, so it's like who, who weren't you in on? Like, what else could you have done, had you not won after Montas? Then, like, could you have made a play, at like, I don't know, putting together a package for like a Carlos Rodon, who I think is a better pitcher than both of them. Um, you know, could you put together more and like, you know, really made a push for like Luis Castillo, who I think is better than Montaz. Um, it, so it's just, it's, it, it was an interesting end to what I thought was an all around, very good trade deadline for the Yankees. I thought Cashman did all of the things he needed to do and proved the team slightly in every way made some significant upgrades in some places. Yeah, the only thing I think I like about Montas over Castillo is that he already pitches in the AL. So he already sees, you know, majority of those teams. Where Castillo, I mean, pitches for Cincinnati, so he gets to right. pitch, you know, a good amount of games against A, the NL in general. I'll say the NL Central, but then there's some other bad teams in the NL. Right. Um, and there are bad teams in the AL. Like the AL West is is soft at the bottom, but Oakland is one of those teams. And I think Cincinnati is the same way. Then all central looks a little tougher when you're the reds. Cause the reds are one of those cupcake teams. Yeah. Um, 
and, and while I agree with you, the difference to me, though, where that kind of offsets is that Montas pitches in Oakland, which is one of the biggest ballparks in baseball. Castillo pitches in Cincinnati, which is one of the smallest ballparks in baseball. Yeah. So what are normally home runs that Castillo would give up, they're pop-outs in New York. And it's the opposite. What are normally like deep fly balls in Oakland are going to be home runs in New York. So the so that's the concern that I Short have. Porch. Yeah, it's like those are – that's a concern I have. I'm happy to, that they have gotten either one. Um, and Montgomery's numbers should look way better than what they do. Uh, in terms of his record, the fact that he's 3-3 three and three is crazy. But being like at a 3-5, 3-6 ERA is good. Um, he has a very, very good ground ball rate. Um, he throws strikes, doesn't walk a ton of guys. Like, I think he has less walks on the year than Garrett Cole. Um, so, it, I think it'll be a very good addition for the Cardinals. It's not – I don't think it's good enough to – to have them contend, but I think it, I think them adding Quintana and Montgomery is better than adding Lester and Hap, which is what they did last year. I think they're, um, they're in a decent spot, especially with their schedule to continue to make a push for the NL central. Uh, but I agree. It's like, you look at other teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers, now the Padres, Toronto, like, mm-hmm. even if you make it past the gauntlet of which is the NL, like, the two biggest AL teams are just as good, and they don't have, like, they're not the Dodgers, like, name top to bottom, they don't have household names, but, like, they're just as good players, it's just people fucking... I guess maybe the Yankees, uh, because everyone fucking likes the Yankees too. There's just a large fan base for them. But I would say the Dodgers have just more names up and down. You're going to face one of those teams. And you know, you're just not going to beat that many teams yeah, over and, and over again. You can't do that in the regular season. You're not going to be able to make that, manufacture that in the postseason. Right. And I know that, like, we we have talked about it at Grant like today and, you know, over the last few days, uh, really since last recorded about like the buzz that was around the Cardinals and Juan Soto and the back and forth that we've had on like whether it's too much, whether it's enough, if there's any reason to not give up. And I know that like including Carlson was a big sticking point for you. Like you really like Carlson in center field. Um, you've seen that, you know, flashes of that with Bader being hurt. So you were very hesitant to give him up. And I, and I think that that makes sense to me. Like I can completely understand that, that aspect of it. I think it like, would have been better to like package something without him. So then you play you you get Juan Soto and you have Dylan Carlson. Right. Like I just don't think that that other. was it's not like you just upgrade. Like I've upgraded one spot. It's like now my outfield's kind of set. I got one spot I'm worried about, not like the two other ones still. Right. Uh, and I I understand that. I I just think for me, I don't. So I don't know if it is rose-colored glasses that exist in St. Louis because of deals that happen like Matt Holliday, Paul Goldschmidt, and Nolan Arenado. But to get someone like Soto for two and a half seasons and to not give up one of your best young major league-ready players in return seems far-fetched. So, like, either you were going to have to give up a whole bunch of prospects that aren't major league-ready 
or you're going to give up less prospects and give up some major league talent. And I feel like what I walk through based on what the Padres gave up for dealing for not only Soto, but also Josh Bell, I think that it would be a very reasonable package coming back from the Cardinals. So like they, they gave up CJ Abrams, who's like their young up and coming shortstop. It's like high end, you know, hasn't really had this superstar all-star type caliber performances, but has the, the possibility for that. So that would be the equivalent of Dylan Carlson. It initially had Eric Cosmer veteran, not performing at all way overpaid for what's going on, whatever that to me would have been the equivalent of Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung doesn't have a no trade clause that he could have vetoed. So if Washington agreed to that, it just went through. Um, and then they had, um, Mackenzie Gore who has had his battle with like the yips has had some injury problems. So maybe you look at like, uh, like the name I threw around was like Flaherty or Libertor. I think you could also make an argument for it to be like Hudson to slot into that. Um, you know, just either like your top pitching prospect or your young up and coming pitchers. If you think Flaherty can turn around, then you include Hudson. Hudson has had some injury problems. He's been up and down like with his performance, even since coming back from injury this year. So that's like your major league caliber stuff. And then in the prospects, they gave up one, three, and like 14, which would be Jordan Walker, Von Herrera, and uh, like Luke and Baker is what I envision being there. Also with Baker being a first baseman, I think it helps sell that because if he comes up, it's filling a void that was left behind with Bell being traded. But, um... Oh, and then it was already reported that the Josh Bell, they really liked that Susanna kid or whatever. And so, or Washington did. So in order to include Josh Bell, I think that was the player they wanted was that Susanna kid. So, Right, but yeah, it was still. It doesn't like change like too, too much. No, but I, but I think you could have traded as the Cardinals. I think you could have gotten both Bell yeah. and Soto for the six players that I just listed out because it's a, of a similar package. And in doing that, I don't think you break the bank. And so now you're looking at, at, at that point, you have O'Neill, Bader, and Soto in the outfield. Goldschmidt, Gorman, Edmund, uh, Arenado on the infield, Molina behind the plate, Josh Bell is your DH. That is a significantly better lineup than what the Cardinals have right now. If you add Soto and Bell instead of Dickerson slash Pujols and... Um, and Carlson. Now, granted, Bader is hurt, so you still probably have Newt Bar in the mix. Um, and I guess the question would then be who plays center field while Bader's still hurt because they don't really have another center fielder. Um, but I, I don't know if O'Neill's ever played center field. He's won a gold glove and left. I don't know how lost he would be out there. Um, I don't David know. CJ Abrams is the number six overall prospect. Yeah. In baseball. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that wasn't even one of their top prospects that they gave up. Because, like, C.J. Abrams has been up at the major league level. Like, that Robert Hassel III was their number one prospect. Yeah, just, like, look at this the other day. And uh, Jordan Walker was like, 
in the top ten? I didn't see yeah. him anywhere. Yeah, I think he was. Oh, this is 2021. 2022. Yeah, so I think Abrams no, was John last Walker. year. Yeah. And, and that's like where Walker he... would be this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so is it a hefty package? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Walker but, six is but you're you're bringing in quite a bit. So then to further that, like we even discussed, like you thought that Merrill Kelly would be a good addition and Sean Murphy would be a good addition where I completely agree with both. Um, so if you're trying to put together a package for Merrill Kelly, I think that, you know, if you include Gorman in a deal like that, I, I think like Gorman and like an Andre Pallante for Merrill Kelly, you could probably get the deal done. So now you've corrected your starting pitching woes. And I think Merrill Kelly's under team control for a little bit. So yeah, you have like another two, another three years. Yeah. So you have your, you have a potential ace that can slot in at the top of your rotation. If he continues to pitch the way that he is He's uh, already 33 though. True. But you're, you're, you're not looking to have him super long-term. You just need him for the foreseeable future. While yeah. Libertor and Thompson, come into their own and Flaherty comes back and Hudson get, you know, figures out his shit. If you have that happen, like now you have four pitchers that are all in their late twenties making up most of your rotation, but, and you're in a good spot. So, so then you bring in Murphy. And I think with Murphy, you ha- you're able to deal. Like, I think what I came up with was like O'Neill and Kisner or, you know, like Kisner and Reyes or something like that. Like, I think O'Neill would be the piece that would really sell it. But so if you go O'Neill and Kisner, let's say, so now you have this year, you're kind of at a loss because of Bader's injury and Yepes is hurt currently. But going into 2023, where you have multiple team control for Soto and, um, and Murphy, you've added Quintana um, who would be a free agent. You've added Bell, who would be a free agent. Um, Kelly's under team control. So the one piece that you would really, that would really sell it, in my opinion, would be re-signing Josh Bell and utilizing as your DH. He also plays first. He also can play the outfield. So he has some flexibility. But then you're looking at Bader in center field, Soto in right, probably Yepes in left. You have Goldschmidt at first, Arenado at third. You have... Edmund or Donovan at shortstop, the other one at second. You have Murphy behind the plate being backed up by whoever the hell you want to bring in. Because you've traded away Herrera, you've traded away Kisner, Molina's going to retire. Well, there's like another, There's they got another one behind Herrera. Right, uh, so, but you're, but I'm saying like your backup at this point to Murphy at the major level could be like an Austin Romine. Like, sure, then you continue to develop a kid down below but Murphy's under team control for three more years. Like he just hits arbitration next year. Yeah. It's like you have plenty of time to develop somebody behind him. If that's the route you're going to go. But and then you have Josh Bell as a switch hitting DH. And you're, you're looking at a lineup like Edmund Donovan Goldschmidt Soto or probably Edmund um, Goldschmidt Soto Arenado Bell, um, Murphy, that, who am I forgetting? I think, I think that's six. It's like Bader would be in there. 
Donovan would be in there towards the bottom of the lineup. And then Yepes. So you would have, um, it's like Bader batting ninth, Donovan batting eighth, Yepes batting seventh. And then, you know, the six I named, Edmund, Goldschmidt, Soto, Arenado, Bell, Murphy. Like, that's a pretty dangerous lineup. Yep. And then your rotation would be if Wayno leaves. So maybe you bring Wayno back. If not, then you have Merrill Kelly, and not in any particular order, but Merrill Kelly, Michaelis, Hudson, Flaherty if he comes back healthy, and you have Montgomery for another year. Or not Montgomery, sorry. Uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Mats. Mats for another three years. So not the most dangerous of rotations, but you still have that ace potential. If Flaherty comes back as healthy and Hudson can continue to figure it out on a regular basis and Michaels has the year he is now, that's a pretty good four starters. Like you're at ace material potentially with Michaelis and Flaherty and Kelly, and then a solid number three with Hudson. And then your back end of the rotation with Matt's, which is what you brought him in for. Not the end of the world. <clears throat> you still have Thompson. You still have, um, like you still have Thompson. You still have Libertor. And I, I think, sorry, I guess I'm lying. Cause you probably would have given up Flaherty or Libertor in the deal, or maybe Hudson. So you only have two of those guys. So let's just say Libertor is the guy they gave up, but then they still have Hudson or uh, they still have Thompson down in the minors. So you still have a starting pitcher option. Your bullpen is still where it's at. You haven't touched that at all. Uh, you brought Stratton in in the Quintana deal. So you, you still have him as an addition into your bullpen. Still have Helsley. Still have Gallegos. You still have Cabrera. Still have Hicks. You still have... Um, drawing blank to the guy I'm thinking of. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. Drawing a blank on the guy I was thinking of now. But you, so you still have a formidable bullpen. You know, some guys that can perform. Your rotation is improved. And if you have Wayno, it makes that all look even better because now you can move Matt's out of that. <clears throat> and there's nothing stopping you from adding free agency. And the flexibility comes in that in two years' time, when Soto hits free agency, you also have Goldschmidt hitting free agency. If you sign Bell to like a two-year extension, he hits free agency at that time frame. You have plenty of guys that are, you know, going to start getting into their arbitration years or whatever in that time frame. So if you want to replenish the farm system, because say your team's just not getting it done, Wayno's retiring. Michaelis didn't pan out, so he's gone through free agency or whatever after 2023. 2024, you're just floating around 500 again. Then you deal Soto, and you deal Goldschmidt, and you deal Flaherty, and you you start to rebuild, and you replenish, but you still have Mason Wynn as the future. You still have Alec Burleson. There's, I know there's that catcher. Um, there's that Graceffo kid that's like top five prospect for the Cardinals now. Yeah. That doesn't really get talked about. Uh, you still have like John Torres down there. Like you still have a ton of youth that people throw around. Yeah. That, that could be talked about. And you put yourself in a much better position to win 
and the next, like, again, maybe not this year because you're dealing with injuries to Yepes and Bader, but for 2023 and 2024, I think you can make an argument that the Cardinals can compete. But what you see is on the flip side, the Padres, who a team that, you know, they were 56 and 46 before they went on their three-game winning streak that they're currently on. Um, Cardinals are 54 and 48, so they have roughly the same record. And you saw the Padres go out and add these same pieces. Like, they went out and made that difference. Like, well, we can continue to float around a little bit above 500 after adding Darvish and Snell and Musgrove. And we went out and got Machado. And they had drafted Tatis Jr., who's been hurt, I think, still all year. Um, So they're without one of their best players. They went out and got Adam Frazier. And then, you know traded him or he signed somewhere. I don't know if they trade him to Seattle or resign there. But so, there. So it's like they, they've done all this stuff and made all these moves to try to compete and it didn't work out last year and they just reloaded. Like, okay, let's go at it again. Like, let's get even better. You know, let's go for the Dodgers because that's what we're going to do. If we're ever going to win a championship, we're just going to have to compete and this franchise isn't going anywhere. Like, the Dodgers have money and they draft well. You know, yep. like they'll and they'll give up their pieces. And why I say they draft well is because like they were able to trade for, you know, bets. They were able to trade for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Like then they went out and signed Freeman. You know, like it's <clears throat> it's not rocket science like the approach that they're taking. And can the Cardinals play that kind of baseball? No, but you can sell the luxury that you do have and they just seem so hesitant to do it i agree they're a little bit better than what they did last year you know with but they also gave up a little bit more um what they traded john gant and lane thomas last year essentially for Happ and luster yeah yeah and this year it was aviato and bader for quintana and montgomery So, similar trades, both lefties. The exact same trade. Yeah, both lefties that'll like eat innings. and 22 jump streak. Yeah. It's the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Just a little, but a little better. But just a little better. Yeah, just a little better. They gave up a little bit more, and they got a little bit more in return. Yeah. Trying to show a little more production value, you mm-hmm. know. You know, the, instead of Happ and Lester both retiring... You know, Quintana's a free agent, but you have Montgomery for another year. And Quintana's really super jacked about being here. We yeah, this, this is, I think here. this is the I mean, third not on the NL Central time. team he's played for. Yeah, not on the Pirates anymore. Yeah, and he's finally on, like, the one that, like, wins. Yeah, that wins. Yeah, he's just been on, like, the yeah, shitty NL Central teams. <laughs> so I think he went to the Cubs. Like, he was in Chicago yeah. with the White Sox when the Cubs won a World Series. And I think he went to the Cubs briefly, like after they won, for like a handful of years. Yep. And I think he pitched for the Angels last year, the Pirates this year. <clears throat> yeah. And again, like Quintana's numbers look good, but he could just as easily revert back to the pitcher that pitched last year. So I, don't, I I'm, it's, I think it's very underwhelming what they did. Um, I think they could have done so much more 
and put themselves yeah, so, in a much better position. So the new theory is it maybe it's not Mo, is it Dewitt that is like, no, no, we're not. Hey, when it comes down to it, because apparently the Cardinals weren't even down to like the final two or whatever. Um, well, I think Washington said they the Cardinals were, and then uh, Mosaic today said they weren't. So yeah, who knows who to believe? But like when it comes down to like final offer or does Dylan Carlson get included to that deal or whatever, like Mo and Gersh are obviously bringing these to the table. Like, I, is it just build with? It's like, no, that player's a no go. Just go ahead and put it another player and see where it's at. Or is it really Mo? Like, I don't know. We seem to miss out on a lot of these guys, you know? We're always there, and I feel like that's what I even said earlier. Like, Mo's just at the table. He's doing his job currently. He's just there so he don't get fined, you know? <clears throat> oh, let me throw you up some deal. We're some high payroll team, big mark, small, small big market team. Make sure the fan base knows we're riled up. Because, I mean, you know how you know how it was when we called it. Everyone was like, oh, if we don't get Juan Soto, this is going to be the worst trade de- deadline ever. Immediately when we don't get Juan Soto, Reddit is like, Oh yeah, dude. Good thing we didn't give up all those players. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like, nah, it was Carmel like a, Nation, baby. It was like a complete like split. You know, it's like DFIB. No, yeah, no accountability <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Immediately was like totally on board. Uh, yeah, it's I like, I like the Montgomery pickup as well. Like, I think that helps. And I mean, Bader's injured, so that's right. Cool, so you turn but... you turn nothing into something for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. But if he just if Jordan Montgomery just goes and signs with the Yankees in two years, <laughs> oh man, what a baller move that would be! <laughs> I mean, who's Cashman? done that before? Who's uh-huh. done that before, Chapman? Chapman, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's and like you said, like it, it, it's crazy. Like I don't know. I guess maybe like I, it's easy for me to be jaded. Or for me to be like, these guys fucking suck. Because you're because taking I, pulls the trigger all the time? Well, not even so much that. But, like, move. I I find it very easy to hate on the Cardinals. But mainly because Cardinals fans drink the personal brand Kool-Aid that Mosaic stirs up for them all the time. Or DeWitt or whoever it is. It doesn't matter. Like, they are very loyal. And not not that it's a bad thing in all situations. But it's like... You know, you can't recognize when you're in an abusive relationship sometimes if you're the one in the relationship. But from the outside, you can see very clearly that, like, <clears throat> shit, this shit doesn't smell right. Like, this shit stinks. You know, like, something's got to change. Something's got to go. And it, it's almost like clockwork to be, like, like for, for the way shit plays out. Um, when they – so we, we discussed pretty heavily that what the Cardinals needed was pitching – and they needed to upgrade their catcher. We've been talking about Frankie Montaz and Sean Murphy to be options that they trade for four months. Like, since yeah. Molina got hurt, really. Like, this is this is clear as day. Before Montaz got injured, even after Montaz got injured, I was like, now's the time to strike. Like, he's hurt and they don't know how serious it is. Go get him now. Like, put, roll the dice. Like, he's under team control. Roll the dice. Give him even less. And if he's hurt this year, so be it. You have him all next year. Now's the time to go get him. So we've talked about that so many times. As soon as the Cardinals got linked to Soto, 
we immediately had the conversation that like, is this just going to distract them from what they need to do? Or is this all going to be a ploy that like, well, we were trying to be all in until the end for Soto and it just didn't, it didn't end up going our way. And by the time that happened, the other players we wanted were gone. And I'll show you not like you just were talking about it, that as of yesterday, you know, people like national coverage was talking about Cardinals were front runners to Lance Soto. And then like, and so and that's gone for a while. And it was back and forth, and it was like Yankees, Cardinals, Dodgers, Padres, Rangers, like all these teams getting thrown around. Castillo gets traded to the Mariners, and they're like, oh, okay, like Seattle's probably out of it now, like, because I think their name was getting thrown around. But it's like, all right, that's one domino that drops. The Now Montas is really the best option out there for pitching targets. Cardinals are in it. Cardinals are in it. They're in for Soto. They're in for Soto. Everyone's talking about it. They're in for Soto. Montas gets traded to the Yankees. Shit you not, it was like two hours later, Washington beat Ryder. Cardinals are in third place behind the Padres and Dodgers by a long shot. So, like, it's almost like they just waited. Like, well, let's just be in it on Soto, and we'll we'll talk about it like we're going to offer a big package, but we'll never pull the trigger. And then, as soon as the pieces that we should go after are gone, we'll slowly back out of the Soto deal, and we'll go out and get the other guys that we think can really help us, so that way our fans don't bitch and moan that we did nothing. And it's like, well, we were trying to catch that big fish. Like, we were going after the white whale, and it just got away from us. So we did what we felt we needed to do to stay pat and continue to put this team in a position to win. That's exactly what's going to get said by DeWitt and the front office lackeys that follow his lead yeah mo had a press conference already today i missed it yeah but we already know what he said we yeah, weren't even yeah. there we we could have wrote the speech for him actually i'm gonna go look it up oh my god you know it's just like i don't know and i i feel i feel the grumblings are happening like i i feel the fan base is getting there um you know, I think them making the playoffs last year helped. I don't know, dude. If, if they win game, if they score some runs, win some games, their strength of schedule is, I'm pretty sure, one of the, like, the... Yeah, they the have, like, the second weakest. They, yeah, they have, like, the second so, weakest strength of schedule. They're primed to win games at the end of the year. You know Mosaic was looking at that when he was looking mm-hmm. at trades. was like, that's why I asked, like, how many games does, like, San Diego have to win? San Diego has to win a wild, has to win a wild card spot. I don't yeah, know but how there's far they're into it. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah, and they're definitely going to be the NL Central. Yeah. Um, well, it's not Mo even. It's not like, even that. Like right now, right now they're behind Atlanta. Like they're in the second spot, and they're two and a half up on Philadelphia. And then one game behind Philadelphia is the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are in like the seventh spot in the NL right now. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, so you talk about, you know, the the Cardinals and where they're at, but. They missed the playoffs in what, 2017, 18, and 19, right? Or no, they, they missed it in 16, 17, and 18. 2019, they showed up, they beat a good Atlanta team, and then they disappeared against the Nationals. And everyone was like, well, the Nationals won the World Series. They were just that good. Get the fuck out of here. You know, granted, Corbin Strasburg Scherzer is a nasty one, two, three, but your, your team disappeared and you got swept in the NLCS. So not a strong showing. 2020. You made the playoffs because eight teams went from each division. They had the crazy shit. 
You couldn't lock down beating the Padres. You should have, but you couldn't. You didn't get it done. So you didn't advance there. And then you probably should have won the division last year, but you sucked through a month and a half. Then went on an ungodly run, and the Padres fell off the face of the earth to allow you to make the playoffs. And you lost to the Dodgers, who were a good team. Don't get me wrong. But they got knocked out in the, like in the LCS in the next round. <clears throat> so, like, you, you've come up short three years in a row. And opportunities were like, you didn't really shine when you could have. You know, call it questionable manager decisions. Call it the offense disappearing for a stretch. Whatever the culprit may be. Maybe it was Schilt. Maybe it was Jeff Albert. Maybe it was Marmol on the bench. Who who knows? Maybe LaRusso's fault. Maybe it was Obama. Who knows? <laughs> but now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> but but whatever the case may be, you didn't make the playoffs for three years, and then you really haven't had a strong showing for three years in the playoffs. So it's six years removed from you really doing anything at all in the postseason. Like you've won one postseason series in that time frame. And that came on like a historic meltdown in a game five where the Cardinals scored 11 runs in the first inning. Like for the rest of that game, the Cardinals got outscored. Like if that 11 runs didn't happen, if it just zero put up that inning, the Cardinals lose that game. So not a, not a great showing. And it was followed up by a sweep. So definitely not. Good. We, are we allowed to just listen to listen to John Mozeliak's uh, words on our podcast, are we allowed to do that? Uh, I don't know. I got. I yeah. Is it worth it? I don't. Know. How long is it? Three minutes and twenty four seconds. That's kind of long. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know what what all do we no, have? It's what okay. all? We don't. Have to, I have it queued up. We can watch it later, and we'll maybe yeah. we'll add it into the next podcast. There's yeah. probably a good tidbit in there, but probably we'll we'll leave the juice for later. We'll yeah, and I bit. and I think the other part, like, so I can I can get behind even like not trading for Soto. But then there's there was just the domino effect of things that happened at the deadline, like as the deadline got neared, that I it baffles me that the Cardinals' names like just weren't even attached to some of these guys. Um, well, Mo was so busy shaking hands with Mike Rizzo that he wasn't calling nobody else. He thought he was in there. <laughs> Yeah, like no one else was there to shake hands. Um, David just said he just saw the Bader got traded. I figured he'd say. Let's see. Where is. I know they have to have like a. They've been having like a trade tracker all day. It's got to be somewhere, right? Here's every trade deadline deal. Okay. Um, so we talked about what we felt they needed to add was a bat and pitching, right? We we would agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So they the Phillies get Syndergaard. They gave up Mickey Moniak, who's a former number one overall pick, granted, 2016. Um, but he's appeared in, like, 
roughly 50 games, hitting 129. Hasn't really been great. Um, and then Jadiel Sanchez, which they don't they don't even talk about in this deal. Um, so Phillies are a team that they have a better front end, in my opinion, and Nola and Wheeler. They also have Zach Eflin, and they have Kyle Gibson. So they have, like, pretty good four starters. They went out and added a fifth. So Cardinals, not, never, never heard them once link the Syndergaard's name. Um, Twins added Tyler Maley from the Reds, gave up three prospects. Maybe you don't want to give up that much, but they were like 7, 18, and 23. So decent prospects, um, but again, would have been an upgrade. Just a guy that's thrown at the top of the rotation, kind of behind Castillo for a bit. Um, what they talk about, he's, he's had like a 2.8 ERA over his past nine outings. I mean, that's roughly two months worth of work. Um, he had like a shoulder injury that had him on the IL in early July, but he's had two quality starts since then. Um, he struck out 210 batters last season, has a 10.7 case per nine since the beginning of 2020, and he's under team control for next year. So pretty low-end prospects for a top-of-the-end um, starting pitcher that the Cardinals weren't connected to whatsoever. Um, Braves got Rizel Iglesias. We've talked about the bullpen's tax never worked. Cardinals are never associated with this. Braves gave up Jesse Chavez, who's like a 38-year-old veteran reliever. That's the guy that I was talking about that's been traded 10 times. Yeah. Major league record. Yeah. 10 times he's been traded and Tucker Davidson, who is a young up and coming pitcher. Maybe that's like, uh, maybe it's the equivalent. I don't know how high he's ranked. I don't think it's quite as high as like a Libertor or a Thompson, but maybe like the next run under like an angel. Rodone. Wait, what, what's his name again? Tucker Davidson, Tucker Davidson, MLB prospect ranking. With the he's the number five ranked prospect in the Braves organization. They already have him over there. Well, he he moved from the Braves to the Angels. So that the Braves gave up Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson to get Rizal Iglesias, and they had picked up Iglesias after trading their closer Will Smith for Jake Odorizzi. So Will Smith, who's been meh. And as the closer, you know, even though he led the team, like led the bullpen that the Braves had last year and they won a World Series, they parted away with their closer and then went and got another better closer. Where are the Cardinals the doing that with their guys? Prospect. He's what? In twenty in twenty twenty, he was the number eight prospect overall. Why does it just go to the fucking year? Why doesn't it just go to this year? Sorry. <laughs> Every time, yeah, because he's probably, this. probably not relevant. Because he pitched in, the, he came even, up in the majors yeah, last not year. Even relevant. So, but in twenty twenty, he was a, it was the number eighth overall prospect in all baseball. Yeah, like let's see real quick Tucker Davidson's stats, because I think he's been hurt for a lot of this year. Um, yeah, so Tucker Davidson. And oh, that is that postseason. 
No. Okay, yeah. So 2020, he made one start, and for the Braves, he went one and two thirds innings and got it let up two runs on a home run. Um, 2021, he made four starts. He went 0 and 0, pitched 20 innings, gave up eight runs on three home runs, struck out 18 in his 20 innings pitched. So far in 2022, he has four starts, or four games pitched, three starts, one relief appearance. He's pitched 15 in the third innings, um, struck out 10, walked 13, given up 11 runs, has a 6.46 ERA on the year. So definitely not Libertor Thompson, probably not even Angel Rodon, lower caliber than that, and a throwaway 38-year-old veteran reliever for one of the better closers in the game in Rizal Glacius. Cardinals couldn't do that. Like, they couldn't meet that. They, they're they happy with Chris Stratton. You know, like, you couldn't go out and trade the Angels for Iglesias and Syndergaard instead of the Pirates for Quintana and Stratton. Like, you couldn't put together these packages. No, they couldn't put together those packages with the Angels because they already tried for Shohei, you know. Because that's oh, that's right. They were, yeah, they were also linked to Otani, so they were holding yeah. out. Yeah, that's they were right. holding out on Yeah, they couldn't, so. like, they didn't let them know that they were interested in Iglesias and Syndergaard. Because it's were, just like you, you, they probably made a move. got both Soto and Otani. <laughs> yeah, you, you made a move for similar positions as what another team traded away in two different parts. And you easily could have packaged that together, if not given them more, and gotten two better options. Like, I would much rather have Syndergaard and Iglesias than Quintana and Stratton. And I, it's like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how the Cardinals weren't linked to those, but they're constantly linked to these huge names that they never land. Yeah. They only, they only land, uh, you know, what was it? Like who was it in the off season? Trade. But who yeah. was it even in the off season that, uh, I don't know. Was it last trade deadline that it was Trevor story that they were all over? Cardinals yeah. were going to get Trevor story. Trevor Story oh, yeah. and Arenado were going to be together again. Yep, yep, yep. Shortstop. Yeah, and then they, they, he oh, didn't well, even sign him until the off season. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Oh, we'll get him in the off, the off season. season. We'll give up I, nothing yeah. for him and we'll sign him. We'll, yeah, we'll, let's give we'll up give, nothing. Yeah, we'll I give think up we even less. agreed like, all right, good idea. Yeah, and then nope, like, sign, know, sign with Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sign Boston. with a team that already had a shortstop that's an all star. Yeah. Agreed to play a different position to not come to St. Louis apparently. Yeah. Just crazy, and 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 no, don't worry because no one wants to stay here. Don't worry. Yeah, like I just it's don't. All it's all good. He's not opting out. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like I I have to imagine that I like they know something that I don't because at face value, there's no way that these moves don't happen. You know what I mean? Like. There, there's got to be something I don't know. Yeah, what's that? You know, it's probably that politicking. Oh, yo, you made fun of my wife one time or something. <laughs> I'm not trading you anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, remember, remember when you said that you wouldn't touch, touch my wife with my dick. <laughs> like, remember uh, when you bought a bigger yacht than I did? Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> So I just you wanted I to show me up on the golf course the other day, didn't you? Yeah. 
Dude, Spencer Strider, 27 points today. Let's go. Go. Um. 13Ks. Nasty. Not bad, not bad. Oh, Kyle Tucker walking 2Ks for me. Mm. Yeah. We'll have that day. It's all right. A little average. Yeah. A little average. Yeah. Turner's got two, got 11 points for me already. It's really, really working out. Yeah, let's go look at your new lineup here. I ain't looked at it since. Uh... Oh, it's pretty, oh. it's pretty good. Nice, nice, nice. Real Muto and Chapman struggling a bit here early. I mean, uh, probably just the fifth ring catcher. Let me go see his trend real quick. We put up 36 points last week. That's, that's about like as many points as my catching position has put up all year. Who's that? JT Ramita. Oh, yeah. He's been pretty good on the year. I've been happy with him this year. Not too bad. Yeah, right now the, the kicker is me deciding not to throw Clevenger because his second start was against the Dodgers and Kershaw. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no. The Dodgers. No, it was the Dodgers and Tony Gonsolin. But now it's shown as the Dodgers and Andrew Heaney with all the changes that have happened. And he put up 21 and a half points against the Rockies. Yeah. So I was like, eh, like if he doesn't have a huge outing, he could just end up going negative. Well, and, and he's going to have, have, you didn't know he was going to have Juan Soto on his team either. I also did not know that, that their lineup was going to be way better. <laughs> so I went with Anderson, who was nasty last week. Uh, pitched really, really well, and he's going against the Mets and Taiwan Walker. So I was like, all right, like I'll, like I'll take that. The Mets' offense hasn't really been anything spectacular as of late, so I'll roll with it. Um, dude, I'm excited to have another Atlanta pitcher, dude. They put it on teams, especially <laughs> NL East teams. Yeah, they be they gonna they gonna put them to work. Especially yeah, mid, you're a second half of the year team. Because who were they, sure. were they beating up on tonight? The Phillies? Yeah. They beat up on the Phillies tonight. Hard. <clears throat> and yeah, and so it's... And and this is a situation where, like, Cardinals playing the Cubs. Got to take it to them. And they did. 6 nothing win tonight. Very yep. strong showing. Yeah, and that was like a team effort. Everyone was getting hits. Everyone scoring run, you know. So. Yeah, I think I, w- I want to say... I want to go, go out on a limb here. Um, I think the only person when I was looking at it earlier, the only person that didn't have a hit was Paul DeYoung. Oh, but did you see him get robbed of a home run? I did not. Did he actually he got get robbed, robbed of, of a home run? Yeah, he got robbed of a home run. It was over the wall. Dude caught it for show. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's when I texted you. I said I'm glad I didn't, you know, put any dinger money on Paul because oh, gotcha. he got robbed of a home run. Yeah, I I and saw that he was had just. Birthday. Apparently. I yeah I saw I saw that like when he you sent that he had just lined out to left, but I didn't know. I'm gonna see if I can find a video of it. Um. Yeah, Ian Hop Ian Hap hops. Yeah, even worse Paul it was. Young. Even worse it was Ian Hap. Ian Hap's available. Yeah. But so Wallace is coming up. I guess real quick. 
So yeah, so sorry, Molina also went over four, but DeYoung went over four with a strikeout. Um, so since his return, I believe he's now two for eleven with two home runs. So that's why I was saying, oh, he's hitting the ball hard. Um, yeah, and and I guess that goes for something. You know, I, I guess that's not nothing, but. At the same time, like how how long is the leash? You know, like is he just here to stay now because you don't have Sosa? You know, Donovan's on the team and and on at the major league level. Um, you still um, could have got Jose Iglesias, who yeah, on the year we're gonna need to go look at his stats. You did you see it? Did you look at him the other day when you thought he was coming to the Yankees? I did not. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to be a big fan of the trade, hey, and then hey, I can't believe they said he lined out to left. This is a fly ball, like none other. Oh wait, hold on. Uh, wait, where's his uh, season stats? Oh, here we go. Yeah, on the year, batting three oh five, with three home runs, ninety seven hits, thirty seven runs scored, thirty six RBIs, fifteen walks, only struck out forty three times, got two stolen bases. You know? Yeah. Just all, you know, all just, I know, dude. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, too. I'm still not. I mean, he's going to be 33 years old next year, which is fine. I mean, whatever. But, you know, if you need a backup guy, uh, got in there. Why not? We got too many infielders, but okay. Yeah, because let's see. So who. I'm curious to know, like we we've talked about this for a while and we, and again, like I, and I'm not saying send DeYoung down. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think he did. He proved everything that he could in Memphis. I don't think there's anything yeah, left for him to he do. Can hit, obviously he can mash triple A. Yeah. I'm, I'm not He's saying, yeah, yeah, I'm not, not saying send, send him back down to Memphis. That is not my thought process here, but you have so in a situation where let's see who you're you're running full um and i think it's so bader when bader comes back it's probably newt bar would be the easy guy to remove or not bader he's gone now um uh yepes when yepes comes back i guess newt bar would be the easy guy to remove and you keep everyone on the infield Right. Mm -hmm. So then like how I, I guess like how long is it before you have like Newt Bar breaking into the major league, like at the major league level or Yepes at the, you know, um, um, like Yepes saying up there, having Newt Bar come back up who would be the odd man out or like Alec Burleson, like, are you, are you just, you know, you're okay. Newt bar and you know, like Newt bar can fill in for Dickerson when he's gone and Newt bar will just be our addition or like, you know, and Jordan Walker can be like, he can break in for like pool holes a spot and we're just going to keep, keep these spots like rotating, like, one-year deals until they're ready to be called up. 
and that's just the world that they live in. And I get that like De Young's only under contract for one more year as well, so super long term is not a big deal. But wh- I just don't know like who you're taking away playing time essentially. I guess like so maybe it's not even a roster spot, but it's you know at bats for Edmund or Donovan that are being lost every night. Um, if you know if Yepes comes back and it is Newt Bar, then it's you know. Yepes or Nupar, and I, cause I guess I, I don't, I don't really know. Like I, cause Yepes I guess would be right field every night, you know, between Dickerson and Yepes, cause that's really what it's been right now. So I just, I don't know. Like it just, it feels, it feels bad with the whole DeYoung situation, and I just don't know how long he gets to continue to struggle at the major league level. And I get like what we've talked about, like if he's hitting home runs and whatnot, that's great. And he has three on the year now, like he's hit twice as many as what he did in his first then up in the, you know, five games he's been back or whatever. Um, And was robbed of one tonight. Like it barely would have gotten out, but it would have gotten out all the same. Um, but he's still hitting 136. Like I said, he's two for 11 since he came back. How long does that get to struggle? You know, he would have been 10 for 77 on the year prior to hit, like on in his first stint. So is it like, do you wait just as long again? You know, at what point do you just DFA him? Like, do you can't do it at the majors. You know, do they keep him around because they have he has options? Hey, we gotta have options. Can't do anything without options. Yeah. So I I don't know. Um Yeah, I with as long as they held on to the Carpenter contract, um they'll just ride this one out. I imagine there's no uh I mean they'll let him come off the the bench, maybe. Let him pitch it. And, you know, maybe they'll send him down again because they've already sent him down once. So, I mean, it's not going to cost you anything this year. Right. So. Yeah, I just don't... I don't know. Again, it, the other side of it, it's like, where where are you at? Like, on and in it, like, innings concerns for Hudson or Plante. Yeah, like Hudson's already cracked 100 innings pitch. Plante's already into the 80s. I imagine you didn't anticipate these guys. Like, I don't know if Plante was a starter in the minors last year. Um, Let's see. If we go stats, minors. So, in 2021, yeah, he, he started... Yeah, he started double A and at triple A he's only made two triple A starts in his career before getting called up. But he, he pitched a hundred innings last year total. And that was, you know, in he I don't know how much he pitched in twenty twenty. Obviously there was no minor league in twenty twenty, but I don't know what kind of workload he did, you know, behind the scenes. But he wasn't a name that was at like the alternate camp for the Cardinals. 
so maybe maybe really nothing game wise just doing his thing um but i mean he's coming up pretty quickly i mean especially if he's going to keep going eight innings <laughs> but even if he goes five like it's you know going to be at at the the max he's ever pitched you know by the end of august and then you still got to get through september and the postseason it's like if there's going to be concern there i don't know just seem it it's way seems, too far in the future specs you know we're just trying seems, to make it to the playoffs you know right. we'll figure it out when we get there but I feel like that's just what the Cardinals are, are doing. And I get that they brought in Quintana and Montgomery for this exact reason. Eight innings, dude. Lefties uh, that eat innings. Who doesn't need that every time? Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. It just, it's, I guess it, it frustrates me. Because I just, I feel like the Cardinals could do so much more. I, we I don't know how to say We put together sensible packages for a couple guys. Like, even I threw in Odorizzi. Like, mm-hmm. sensible packages for guys that really no one else was talking about. That, you know, Odorizzi at least ended up getting dealt for you know, Andrew Miller or uh, 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 Will Smith. Andrew Miller. Um, <laughs> you know, like, ousted as the closer in Atlanta already. You know, he's been a good, like, setup guy. But, I mean, you definitely have the equivalent of that, if not, like, a, just a young kid to give right. up for that. So. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I don't like know. to be an easy, easy pick up and again like I, I i don't think anyone like i had heard nothing even as a yankees fan like i had heard nothing of montgomery being a potential trade target um no. so i feel like that came together and they did do something and i think it is a great trade for the cardinals i think montgomery is a better pickup than anything else it is really the cantana trade that makes no sense to me and i get that like stratton has solid numbers and he's under team control for quite a while but is that really what you're worried about? Like team controllable relief pitching? Like is that? It was team controllable relief pitching. I think it was just like who can pitch that four or five spot for the rest, like for the rest of the year. Matt's is going to be back in a while. We've tried this. We've been, you know, experimenting with Johan Oviedo. It took him like how many games to even get his first win. He's been kind of up and down. Like, I mean, you just trade that. For uh, for Quintana, I mean, I think it's just you get a little bit more serviceable of an outcome for the rest of the year. And yeah, but and I but I think that that's play. what they yeah. but I think that's what they always do. Yeah, like that, and I think that that's just what, that's what I said. It's twenty two Jump Street. It's the yeah, same I'm thing. just I'm 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 just trying to do our part to call attention to it, Chris, so everybody in the masses <clears> can understand. <throat> the sham that is the Cardinals front office. So wait, the Blue Jays will leave Whit Merrifield's vaccination decision up to him and his family. Wait, how, <laughs> why is he going to be, be get to play in Toronto without being vaccinated? I, I assume he can't. I, I don't think you can travel they're, in. They're just going to like not let him play home games. Yeah. That's even better. He's only going to be available for away games. That's even what this only home games. He'll enter Canada, quarantine for 14 days, and then he won't leave. Ah, uh, so okay. they won't have him for the road? Um, I mean, this is just what, like, uh, like fans are saying. Huh. Let's see what this article says. It's in the score. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Oh, no. 
This is a very fresh acquisition, of course. What did it? Oh my god, dude. Yeah, because Ben Attendee came out and said that he was open-minded about getting vaccinated. So that way he would be able to travel with the Yankees. He was he was keeping an open mind, but has he got it yet? Uh, that I don't know. I don't. You would you need to start it quick, right? Once the next time they play. Um, yeah, let's let's see if I can open the Blue Jays schedule real quick. They are at New York later this month. Yeah, this article doesn't say what they would do with it. Yeah, and then yeah, so so the Yankees travel to Toronto September 26th, 27th, and 28th. And that's the only time, just that three games. So it's possible that even like during that three games, the division's already locked up and Ben Attendee can just not go and it's not a big deal like they just put on put them on the restricted list where it would become relevant is if there's uh if we were to the yankees were to play them in the playoffs and as it stands right now i believe tronto is the number one wild card um which is that is accurate so they would be the four seed so if they won their first round they would play they would play the number one seed so yeah so it's possible that they would play each other in the divisional series new york and toronto so it would be three games at the end of september and potentially two games in the divisional series that he would miss if he stays unvaccinated. And it goes, then the series goes at least four games. And Toronto yeah, I mean, wins their first round game. Yeah. And that would, be, that would be against Seattle. Let's see. But you said sure, there, wasn't, uh, there wasn't anything in there. I was looking to see. Yeah, it didn't say anything about, uh, like, how they'd handle it for now. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, let's see. Blue Jays trade. I mean, especially because he's got a quarantine for 14 days. He's got to go up there now. He's going to be unavailable for at least two weeks. Yeah, let's see. It's even wild. You got to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, worry about it. So, in Kansas City's recent trip to Toronto from July 14th to 17th, Merrifield was notably one of the 10 players who could not travel to Canada due to being unvaccinated. At the time, Merrifield said it was something he would think about getting in the future because of his desire to play in the postseason, though it'll certainly be more of an urgent, of an urgent priority now that he'll be playing in Toronto. Um... Right or wrong, I didn't want to do it on a whim, Merrifield said. It's been a long thought process because I understand what Canada has in place right now. That's the only reason that I would think about getting it at this point is to go to Canada 
that might change down the road. Something happens and I happen to get on a team that has a chance to go play in Canada in the postseason. Maybe that changes. Well, seems like that changed the whole thing. So they and they have a link to think about getting it. Yeah, and that's just the article about the 10 players not being able to go. Um, so, yeah, so he, he would have to get it. Um, but I don't know. Let's see. Can you go to Canada without vaccine? You get in the country? Um, in. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't see there being an issue. Like, there's plenty of things that you can do to, like, get in or, like, there's tests on site and stuff like that. It doesn't say anything about, like, requiring full-on vaccination i'm not reading through everything though yeah. but i think there's like mlb let's see maybe it's because how much traveling these guys do they're not allowed constantly in a different area like easier to probably get and transmit right um Yeah, so I, but I'm assuming because I feel like baseball's always said that like, oh, because of because of Canada's regulations, you know. Um, but it even says like the first thing like if traveling to Canada, um, requirements for COVID nineteen vaccinated travelers. So it's like check if you qualify as a fully vaccinated traveler. Um, it's like you have to have that if your proof of vaccination is not in English or French. What to do? What is not accepted as a fully vaccinated traveler? Yeah, if you don't qualify, you may still be able to enter a Canadian citizen, a permanent resident of Canada, a person registered under the Indian Act, or a protected person, um, or a foreign national. I'm not filling out all this. I'm not. It says. Questionnaire. So this just says Canada's government requires a person must have received a second vaccine dose or one dose of Johnson and Johnson at least 14 days prior to entry. All parties have agreed that any player who, as a result of such a governmental regulation, is unable to or ineligible to play in a championship season game or games due to his vaccination status will be ineligible for placement on the COVID-19 IL, but rather may be placed on the restricted list without pay or the accrual of credited Major League Service. Um, yeah, so it looks like it's just a special agreement between baseball yeah. and government. So we'll see when it was um, probably like part of baseball's way to like make their players get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> so they're on the road. They don't play in Canada 
again at home until August 12th. So if he got vaccinated and then had to wait three, 14 three days. Yeah, or two weeks. Yeah, so if he got vaccinated like today or tomorrow, let's say, it was like the earliest that he could get in. And I guess you got to get, I guess they could always just do like the one, I don't know if the one dose of Johnson Johnson is still out there, but he, so he would essentially miss, even if he got, if he got vaccinated tomorrow, he would miss the, the series against Cleveland and Baltimore, which probably isn't the end of the world. Um, and then if he continued to wait, they play the angels and the Cubs at the end of the month. Also probably not super worried about it. Um, but then they have a five games in four days series against Tampa Bay and three against Baltimore at like mid September. Um, before they play the Yankees and Red Sox at home towards the end of the year. So there's like four home stretches left. And it's basically like they spend one week on the road, one week at home, one week on the road, one week at home, one week on the road, one week at home. So I would imagine that he could also weigh that in. But if they're hosting, like if they're the, the top wild card, then that wild card series would be at all all the games would be in Toronto so he would need to be vaccinated by then to play in the postseason and I'm still just baffled I'm gonna look like I don't know where they have a roster spot for this dude so they have Kirk Guerrero at first Chapman Bichette Biggio Springer Hernandez Guerrero Jr. so I guess Biggio can DH or Merrifield can DH. Yeah, they also have this like Santiago Espinal. That's what I got from Travis. He's like a little over 200 fantasy points on the year. Yeah, he plays he second plays, too, doesn't he? Yeah, he plays a handful of positions in the infield. Uh, where is he at? Where is he at? Espinal. Yeah, he plays second, third, DH, and shortstop. Yeah, because Biggio, he's played in like 56 games at the majors. I'm trying to, I don't know if they sent him down. Yeah, so he's played 10 games in AAA this year. So I don't know if he was hurt or what the what the deal was. But so they already have Kevin Biggio not playing a whole bunch. And then now they have what Merrifield. And I know they also have like uh, Rymel Tapia that plays yep. center field fairly often for him. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. And they got good pitching, too. I, I can't believe this team is. Like, and they're like, they're the records aren't even that bad. They're 58 and 45. I mean, they're not terrible. It just seems that bad because they're 11 games behind the Yankees. But the Yankees need to get their crap together, man. Mm-hmm. Losing to Seattle tonight. What's wrong with them? Yeah. Scrubs and Seattle didn't even have Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, and then we get we get Luis Castillo tomorrow. Yeah, against Garrett Cole. So hopefully Cole can figure his shit out. He's pitched like poop lately. Should have traded him. Yeah, he's he hasn't had like his last two starts. 
not good outings. My opinion. Needs to get back to those twenty point starts like he had against Boston and Cincinnati. You think you got other good pitchers like uh, Harrison Bader, (laughs) Nestor Cortez? (laughs) Dude, I it just bumps me out that Bader's like not healthy. Like I I would be very excited. Holy crap! That was eight points. If he if he could like actually run right now, you know, I'd be like, it seems like a you know kind of a fair trade. But like we even said earlier in the day about plantar fasciitis like you just never even know like right like i mean like a lot of people accredit that to being like what kind of ruined pujols's career yeah like that was the injury they started dealing with a whole bunch in la it always comes back it always flares up there's nothing you can do about it you know it's just once you got it you got it it's like back problems yeah so it's it's wild and then reading all these like Jordan Montgomery is so surprised he got traded. <laughs> yeah. I, even he's like, well, shit. I mean, I get it. I wasn't getting run support, but I didn't know nobody liked me. Like, yeah. that's yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you, have you heard the article about Gallo? Like what the interview mm-hmm. he gave? Uh-huh. Oh man. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Oh, I, I feel, I feel bad, but at the same time, it's just, it's kind of funny. Um, Let's see. I think I can find it here. Um, no. Okay, let me go back to the Yankees. I think that's where I saw it. Um, okay. Lied. Was it? But he was basically like, I, I, I feel like a piece of shit. Basically, oh, that's what Gallo. That's what Gallo said in this report. He's um, honest. Oh, here we go. All right, I found it. So he he was interviewed. In a Q&A session with NJ.com's Randy Miller. So, basically, it was like, um, here, let me, let me open this up. So, he asked, so Miller asked Gallo, are you ready for this trade deadline to be over? And he's like, I am. We'll see what happens. I'm waiting to hear. My parents are waiting to hear. They're going to have to come to New York and clean my apartment out, get all the furniture moved out. And he said, have you been living in Manhattan? Gallo said, yes. He said, what's it been like for you when Yankees fans notice you on the streets? Are they rough on you away from the ballpark too? Gallo's response, I don't go out on the streets. <laughs> Miller said, that's sad. <laughs> Gallo, yeah, I really don't want to show my face too much around here. Um, and then he said, do you spend a lot of time fretting over struggling so much? Is it as simple as you never got really hot for the Yankees? You always hit home runs in bunches in Texas. We just saw Aaron Judge hit 11 homers in 12 games. You did the same thing last year before the trade. You had other home run binges for Texas, but never got but never got really hot for the Yankees. And Gal said, I, I never was able to go off like that. It's just weird. In Texas, I was playing every day, so it's a little easier to get to get on a streak. 
it's a little tougher not playing every day, trying to get that streak going as well. Um, and then <laughs> I'm trying to find where he says this. Um, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. Good teammate. Yeah, yeah, come in here. Um, I mean, yeah, he's so, going to so, play every day for the Dodgers. I don't yeah. know what that's going to accomplish. So, Yankees fans were tough on Gary Sanchez for years. You saw that last year some, right? You got it much worse, though. Yeah, change of scenery helps sometimes. Uh, other contenders reportedly are interested. I'm guessing you'd love to go somewhere where you'll get a fresh start for a club that could end up in the playoffs. Fresh start, new city, new fans. Gazas. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've I think I feel like people are a little sick of me here, so I don't really know what else I can do at this point. I haven't played well, so I think it'll help me to move on. And he said, some Miller says, do you think Yankees fans were tough, were too tough on you? He said, I don't know how they usually are, but I don't know how much tougher they can get. Pretty much every team we play, players from that team reach out to me to say, hey, bro, keep your head up. Don't listen to them. <laughs> so, he said, who are some of the players that approached you? I don't want to say names. Uh, Kansas City guys reached out to me over the weekend. A bunch of guys. It makes me feel like a piece of shit, honestly. I remember playing here with the Rangers, watching the Yankees get booed off the field, and thinking, holy shit, I feel bad for that guy. Now it's me. I do appreciate people reaching out, but it makes me feel like I'm a problem. <laughs> I was like, this poor guy, dude. dude. <laughs> but when he's like, people reach out like, hey, bro, are you, are you okay? Keep your head up. <laughs> like yeah man you struggled an awful lot a lot more than anyone expected you to good luck in LA buddy you know like I he seemed like a nice enough guy he just wasn't he wasn't getting anything done for what I need from him poor Joey Gallo can you just find his way back home to Texas you know some people just need, you know, stability. Yeah. Dude, the Trojan field testers have eight points on the week, and Paul Goldschmidt put up ten points today. Yep. It's pretty rough going for Stow. <laughs> ben Attendee, negative six points. Straw, negative four points. Corbin Burns, negative four points. Gilbert, negative seven points. I think Ben Attendee's oh, hit into like God. a double play that he struck out like four or five times, something like that. It's been Ben Attendee's had a rough go of it early on here. Yeah, it's not a good way to like uh trade for players yeah, to really get dominated. Yeah, he uh, I mean he's like having a big week. Yeah. Um yeah. So Ben Attendee Oh, for four, three strikeouts, sent to a double play tonight. Mm. Gotta love it. Rough going. Yeah. Just another fucking Joey Gallo. Fucking Joey Gallo. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like we we've shit on teams enough. Um, yeah. Sure. They still didn't have the power rankings out, so I'm guessing they were just distracted with trade deadline stuff yeah they didn't want to put one out and then immediately get changed because you know Juan Soto got added to the Cardinals or something <laughs> right or they um, had one prep for that 
And then they were like, well, shit, that didn't happen. Right. Like crazy. I can't believe it didn't go down. And Mo even told me it was. Um, We kind of hit on all the deals. Uh, Cardinals had acceptable outcomes in both their series last week. They split in Toronto, took two out of three in Washington. Um, That's what we set out for them to do. Uh, Yankees did not do that. They got swept by the Mets instead of splitting with them, but did take three out of four. Uh, Cardinals still floating around like that 60% mark for acceptable outcomes in a series. Um, But tonight, uh, Wayno and Molina took sole possession of number two for battery mate starts. Yeah, you got to imagine Molina's not going to miss a Wainwright start. Yeah, so they, uh, I think they need eight more to get the first place record. I think they, I think there was nine more before tonight, so I think it's eight more um, to be sole possession of first, seven to tie it. Um, so to be close, I think there should be enough games. Because um, what Cardinals are. Now 55 and 48. So what is that? Like 103 games. So there's still like 60 games left. So that should be another 10 starts for Wainwright. Nine, mm-hmm. 10 starts. They should be able to get that this year. Um, not counting the postseason, which granted they're not in currently, but I think they'll they'll get into that. Um, I know pretty much everyone they were chasing lost tonight it felt like oh Vin Scully passed away that's sad news oh damn 94 years old I mean at least he lived a full life and he just recently stepped down as Dodgers yeah broadcaster I think it was after they I think it was after they won maybe last it was during year 2020 all right so, so at the end of last year, year right yeah, yeah that's what I thought last too. year yeah, so then... So yeah. it was last year. He did, like, a farewell tour. Not tour, but, like... Right. The little final, final yeah. go-around. But, yeah, so he got to see him win one last time. Um, yeah, so... Brewers lost. Phillies lost. Padres won their first game. I think they have a doubleheader. So I think they're still playing right now um maybe maybe i'm making that up uh no they are so they won the first game like 13 to 5 and then it's 2-2 in the top of the fourth right now with colorado so i think they're gonna kind of run away with the wild card Well, man, you almost wonder, so if the Cardinals, yeah, if the Cardinals win the division, they will play the worst wildcard team, which would be, I think if the Cardinals win the division, the worst wildcard team will be Philadelphia. If Milwaukee wins the division, I think the worst wild card team will be the Cardinals. Because I don't think the Phillies will hold off St. Louis, but I think it's possible that Milwaukee just drops off far enough that Philadelphia also catches them. Yeah, because it looks like they're tied now. Like St. Louis and Philly are both 55 and 48. 
so we'll see. But then, so they have three against the Cubs, and then the Yankees are in town this weekend. Uh, Yankees are hosting Seattle, then they come to St. Louis, obviously. Uh, so someone will have an unacceptable outcome because we have both teams winning two out of three and both their series as acceptable outcomes for them. Um, Cardinals are up one game to none on the Cubs. Uh, see, New York has split the first two with Seattle, so they got to win the rubber match tomorrow. I'm definitely betting money Aaron Judge is hitting home runs on Saturday. Um, and your brother being there? Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. So we'll see. Yeah, I yeah. think I think with my math, like the way I figured it out, it would be looking like it would be Domingo Herman versus Jordan Montgomery would be what I what I anticipate. I hope I'm wrong. I would like to not see Herman pitch. Um, and who did you say Jordan Montgomery? Is yeah, it's who, who I think there? it. It's who I think it would be. Um. Because I think that that's that's who would have initially, like kind of when he initially would have been slated to start had he stayed with the Yankees because he pitched Sunday. So it would have been the second game against the Cardinals that he would have pitched. And so it'll be like Wayno pitched tonight. So then you have Michaelis tomorrow. Then Quintana would have pitched on Thursday for Pittsburgh. So you can slot him in in his normal rotation then you have Hudson under normal rest, and then it would be Montgomery in his normal rotation, and it would remove Palante from the rotation. Um, but we'll but we'll see. I don't know what's going on with the Yankees because Montaz is like dealing with a death in the family, so it's supposed to be delayed that he makes his start. Um, obviously, tie on pitch tonight, so you won't have him, I don't think. Um, Cole's pitching tomorrow. Herman pitched last night, so that's where I'm like, it. so tie on tonight if you have Cole tomorrow. They're off on Thursday. Nestor Cortez will pitch Friday, and so normally it would have been Montgomery start on Saturday but he will be pitching for the Cardinals. So it'd be pretty cool if you, if Montez happens to slide back in this weekend. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be very cool. If it was like Montez versus Montgomery. I think that would be a cool matchup to see like both making their first starts for their respective teams. It would be a lot of fun. Although technically, if you wanted to go, if it was any game this weekend, I mean, you got tickets for Saturday, but you could get into the Friday and Sunday. Correct. Well, Sunday I'll, <laughs> I'll be busy, so it'll be hard to squeeze that game in. But I have considered going to the Friday game um, because Nestor's pitching. Um, yeah. If it would have been Cole pitching, I probably would have went. But uh, we have D&D Friday night, so I'll probably uh, just have the game up um, somehow. I don't know how I'm going to watch it yet since it'll be – blacked out on MLB TV. So maybe I'll be able to get MLB 6.6 to work or I'll just listen to the broadcast. Yeah, listen's fun. I'll listen you know, to him. Yeah, I don't, mind, I don't mind listening to John Sterling at all. So, 
I could do the listening. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I I think we kind of hit on everything. It was mainly the tread deadline yeah. stuff that we wanted to get to. Yeah. Um, fantasy, we had a lot of movement as we've kind of talked about. Um, you and I had a trade as well again this year. Yep. Involving some some big name players with me getting Tucker and Ryan Presley. You added a good keeper option and Merrill Kelly. I think I got a good. I think I got a steal for that. It, it allowed me to be able to trade comfortable trading Kyle Tucker, knowing that I didn't keep him. He was definitely my clear keeper. So, and I my pitching was so rough this year. I'm kind of kind of glad to uh, get lucky and keep Strider and Kelly and uh, get some extra early draft picks. You know. Yeah, I gave Start up. Start over. Gave up some. And picks, I'm still going to be competitive for the rest of the year. So. But, yeah. I, I agree. I I gave up some picks. I'm still trying to crack the top two. I'm trying to chase down my cousin and Travis. I beat John last week pretty convincingly. Um, we're all playing like the bottom rung of our division. Um, I'm playing Pope. Travis is playing Steve. My cousin's playing Trogler, who just sold off a lot of pieces. Um, so we're all up pretty convincingly. Me less so than those two. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that because I am playing a guy that has Kershaw, Michaelis, and Scherzer. Yeah, and uh, he, someone on his bench, the Cincinnati pitcher on his bench, put up 21 points. You know? Yeah, Ashcroft. Ashcraft pitched to yeah, he Ashcraft. pitched against me. And I think I put up a bunch of points that week too. Yeah, he also like his team could be pretty good. Like he's just hurt a lot. Like he's been down. I think like. Max Kepler most of the year. Uh, Trout has been injured. Um, I'm looking at Kepler's numbers now. No, I guess not. Like Kepler's been healthy, you know, just quietly putting up, you know, you know, 10 to 20 points every week, you know, except that week three where he put up 35, but he's got Kepler on his bench. I, I'm just surprised like how his team is three and 12. I don't get it. I'm going to go look at his lineup real quick, like where they're at point-wise. So he's got uh, Kiebert Ruiz, who's like 140th in points, which is like top 150, I feel is pretty good. Um, Trey Mancini, 101. Cesar Hernandez, 147. Turner, Justin Turner's 93. Uh, Haseon Kim, 130. Hap is 67, J.D. Martinez 88, Soto 8, Luke Voigt 182, but he also has Kepler who's 105 on his bench hurt, Trout who's 63 on his bench hurt. Um, and then his pitching staff, he has Scherzer's 97, Michaelis is 104, Kershaw 163. Um, and Libertor in the minors, but then he has Chris Sale and Steven Strasburg on his IL who've just been hurt all year. I don't know that they'll be back. Yeah, I think Strasburg, they shut down for the year and Chris Sale, they, he came back, made one start, got beat up by Tampa Bay, made a second start and the Yankees broke his finger. So he went back on the IL. Yeah. Um, 
And then he also has Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been hurt, I think, for majority of the year, only on 41 points. But I think it was going to be known that he was going to be hurt. I'm going to look at uh, his numbers. Yeah, it's like he hasn't made a start since week six. But he, like, he went a little negative in weeks one. And then week six, he went real negative. But then it was like 10 points, 12 points, 13 points, 15 points in weeks two, three, four, and five. So he's put up, you know, 40 points in four weeks, basically. Pretty, pretty good numbers. Yeah, Pope's team, I mean, he's got good players. Yeah, like if Keegan Thompson and Brad Keller weren't in his rotation, um, Edwin Diaz is probably top closer in the league, point-wise. And I don't know who Brooks Raley is, but decent enough, 104 points as a relief pitcher. Yeah, just, man, I I can't believe he's 4-12. I don't get it. That's just some tough luck. I know early on he was playing. I think he played like me and Travis and Steve. And like we were all putting up like top points against them <laughs> the weeks we played them. So I'm sure that doesn't help. Yeah, but I mean, he had, I mean, he was like all you guys. He had a gang of picks, early picks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's dropped off a bit now. Like he's like 620 points behind top point scorer pretty well yeah but yeah I mean and then you're and you're still in it I mean 8 and 8 is the current cutoff for playoffs like that's there's 4 teams and that's tied for 7th so 2 of those 8 and 8 teams are making it and you're 6 and 10 so not super far out with what we got 5 weeks left I just can't close out weeks. There's, I mean, my team, I literally, I feel like I'm always in, like, a good point range, but I just can't close it out at the end of the week. Like, my team just slows down. Like, I have negative pitching. Like, their team's also doing really well. It's not just my team's doing bad. Or, yes, six, six weeks left, including this one. Five weeks left yeah. after this. Yeah. Yeah, so, like I said, I think I'm going to be competitive down, even trading Tucker, like, not too worried about the Presley's move, but no, I feel like it was pretty. I yeah, I feel like it was pretty fair. It was me giving myself uh, a guy that ideally would put up more points than Barlow, because typically Houston would <laughs> win more games. That has yeah. not been the case since I've traded him. Uh, but their point totals were pretty similar, so it was just me giving myself more opportunity for points. I think. Well, and what's um, wild is they went on an 11-game win streak, and uh, uh, Presley got no points into that. Like, that when they beat teams, they're beating them. Yeah. Pretty bad, too. So. It's fair. Um, and then he was on maternity, or he was on paternity leave, too. So. <laughs> yeah, and then I play I play Dan next week, which I'm, I'm favored by, like, 40 points right now. And I think you have... You play Robbie, who's one of the teams that are right there in front of you at eight and eight, and you guys have a really close matchup. Like your with your lot with your lineups the way they're currently set. Um, not to say that they won't be changed based on matchups or whatever. And if Trevino keeps hitting the ball the way that he is, maybe he like sneaks his way 
into your D8 spot or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Dude, my um, D8 spot never puts up anything, dude. Uh, I, like every time I put a guy that's like been doing well into the D8 spot, they immediately start putting negative points. Austin <laughs> Hayes, Candelario, Nate Lowe. Like literally, I've cycled that D8 spot out all year. And if if they're not in the D8 spot, they hit all right. If they're in the D8, my D8 spot, it doesn't go well. So. I'm not gonna do your boy Trevino like that. If I start him anywhere, I'll start him. Yeah, just put him as a catcher then, and put Sean Murphy as your DH. But even as it is right now, Robbie's only favored to beat you by seven points. So it's uh, yeah, and I imagine Spencer Strider's like not projected to get twenty points, which he's been putting up on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merrill Kelly is your top starter at 11 points. Yeah, and he's been putting up 20 points. Yeah, then it's Strider at 9, Odorizzi at 8, Lodolo at 6, Zach Davies at 5. Now, granted, granted his pitchers, it's Tyon at 15, then Kopich, Plesak, Castillo, and Berrios all at 9 points. Yeah. So, not, yeah, a, not a big eight edge either way. Yeah, if I can just I have catch a couple weeks or lucky weeks, you know, I could you know sneak into it, and if not, I'll be competitive in the rumble and the. Mm-hmm. the and you still have constellation playoffs to yeah to deal with, um, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of scrub teams in that, so. Yeah. Yeah, and then I got some extra draft picks next year, so it'll be fun. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Tom, I feel like we kind of hit everything. In all my keepers last week, uh, Austin Riley was NL Player of the Month. Ooh, Spencer nice. Strider was NL Pitcher of the Month. There you go. And Merrill Kelly was – I oh, no, sorry. Spencer Strider was NL Rookie of the Month, and Merrill Kelly was NL Pitcher of the Month. <laughs> and those are your three keepers that you're looking at? Those are my those are my three keepers that I'll be keeping. And Austin Riley just signed a 10-year extension with uh, – Nice braves today so yeah i i think my keepers are likely um who was i looking at so probably gorman in the 12th um probably tucker in the sixth that's what i'm thinking you gotta keep tucker in the sixth and then um, who else was I looking at? Oh, um, the possibility of keeping Anthony Volpe in the 15th, depending on if he might get called up or not. Um, but then if not Volpe, then Jeff McNeil in the 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. They won't be bad. Yeah. Cause then I'm like, all right, like, if I if I keep McNeil in the twenty third and I'm okay with him being a starter, like yes, he's not super high end point getter, but at least it like eases the pain of like me giving up my seventh round pick kind of thing. Like I could see McNeil maybe slotting into that. So if I get or like Gorman slotting into that and maybe McNeil would be like my twelfth round pick. So I'm like, all right, if I just say I don't have a seventh round pick because that's where Gorman slots in next year and I don't have a 12th round pick because that's McNeil. You know, like that, that's how I'm trying to like utilize my keepers to ease the pain of what draft picks I gave up. And then it's just getting by without a first and a third, which could be tough. Um, 
but I'll just have to to you know be aggressive. Probably take some pictures early. Um, Definitely take some pictures early. Yeah, and, and make do with some position players. Yeah, you know, I'll probably be able to like get Dansby Swanson. You know later. Dude, I I was gonna draft Dansby Swanson right after you drafted Dansby Swanson. <laughs> I was like, damn it, no shortstop. Yeah. I would have I would have lasted through because I'd have been losing anyway, so it wouldn't have been a big deal. I didn't. I you know my team well, you had such high expectations. Well, you had because, Javier Baez uh, already by the time I drafted Swanson. Mm, I'm looking at it right now. That's no. the only why I know. Yes, because you drafted exactly. Baez in the fourth round, and I drafted Swanson the very last pick of the seventh round. No, I don't think I, I drafted Baez like late. Nope. False. Really? Yeah, like late in the first year, maybe. Yeah, he was a fourth-round pick, 63rd overall. Hmm. And the only reason why I know that is because I'm looking at it. Yeah, I just remember you going, oh, man, Baez. Yeah, so I I know I was looking at drafting Baez and – Oh, maybe it was second base eligible, so I was just I was just making my infield. But I thought I drafted him later because I thought I drafted. Well, and you drafted Tim Anderson in the second round. Well, yeah, because that was my first pick. Yeah, but he was also a shortstop. Yeah. So yeah, I'm but, saying uh, Bias was second. Bias could play second though. Right, right, right. So I I was just looking because he he was a shortstop, but you were saying that you like. You were you didn't have a shortstop. You drafted two shortstops before I drafted Swanson as well. I was still gonna draft Swanson. Yeah. yeah. Right, Look at my bench right now. They're all in. <laughs> all all infield. Oh, but that's what I'm trying to see. So like, Nick Audrain took Cronenworth bef- as a shortstop option. Espinal, Iglesias, IKF, and trying to Nick. See. So I got an outfielder. Just trying to see if if everyone if I was the last one to take a shortstop. Um, no, it doesn't look like Robbie or Adam did. I think Timmy kept Wander Franco. Oh yeah, Robbie kept Bobby Witt Jr., so he had one. Adam Sal kept Bo Bichette, so he had a shortstop. So four for four. Kurt. He... 162. No, he did not, but he only had three picks in the first tier. Next out took Willie Adamis. You took Anderson and Baez. Mickey took Lindor. Coates took Trevor Story. Uh, Trogler took Trey Turner. Uh, John took Corey Seeger. Pope took Correa. Travis took who did he keep? Simeon Lauer. Where's his other keeper? Oh yeah, McCutcheon. So it looks like Travis didn't, but I don't know. I don't know if Jazz Chisholm has shortstop eligibility. I don't think he does. 
Um, and then Steve, I drafted for him. And I think the shortstop was the last pitcher that fell as like best available. So he did not take a shortstop before me. And then Dan took Xander Bogarts. So I was the 14th out of 16 teams to draft the shortstop or have a shortstop on my on my roster. That's when I got Dansby Swanson. And I dropped him three weeks in because I hate him. He's your favorite player, dude. Yeah. He's, he's your new favorite My new Kyle Schwarber. He's, well, I mean, Kyle Schwarber is way worse than Dansby Swanson. <laughs> That's true. Dansby Swanson. That's true. I I shit the bed there. I had a short leaf. I just got over anxious because I wasn't winning games early, and I had and all you these had so many. Picks. That's what I'm saying. You had so, so many. I, just... I wouldn't have had that like pressure of like, yeah. oh, like I had like, all I had was top fifteen picks. Yeah, or top fifteen, top fifteen running yeah. draft picks. And uh, yeah, I definitely I was like, it. my team should be killing it. Why aren't they? Oh, Swanson didn't score any points. Let me get a new another shortstop. There should have been on the auto there's draft. Guys out team. there. What? I said I should have been able to auto draft my team. It should have been fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I think I actually dropped Swanson. I should you not for Elvis Andrews. Yeah, one hundred percent. You definitely did that, and I made fun of you for it. Yeah, which is who Coates picked up when he dropped Trevor Story. And Andrews. This sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, you're such a loser for picking him up, then. Very much. Try and see where he's at. So when I when I picked him up, all right, like he when I was. Him up, I rem- I remember you were like he's like the highest rated shortstop or something. I, yeah. I so I so I think I I think I added him like week like after like week two or three, and he was at like thirty points. And then he struggled for a bit, and I was like, all right, this isn't working out. I need to bring in someone else. And I think that's why I went and picked up Haseon Kim. And then it was like the week after I dropped Andrews, he put up 32 points. And I was like, this is just how my life's going to go at shortstop. Um, because now I'm playing I'm playing Pope this week, and he has Haseon Kim as his shortstop, and he has put up 14 points on me so far this week. I Between Turner and Correa, I have 17 and a half points. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, what? What is going on right now? So I have two shortstops on my team that I have traded for, and Haseon Kim, who I picked up for free and dropped, is keeping up with both of them point wise. It it just it baffles me, man. I don't know. Yeah. I suck at fantasy. I don't know how I have two championships. Because you're playing with you know. Bunch of people in the league that don't uh, pay attention. That could be true. Could be true. Um, yeah, so I think we're nearing the two-hour mark. Um, we'll keep everyone up to date as fancy progresses, but the expectations are Chris won't be a playoff team this year, but I will be, so at least we'll have something to pay attention to postseason oh, fantasy. And I hope I sneak in, dude. I just... Yeah, I hope you sneak in as well. You know that's what I always root for. But it just doesn't seem like it's in the cards for you. It's sneaking in like the Cardinals, win it up, dude, and then immediately move on to fantasy football. Let's go. Yeah, I think because 
Josh I, Allen, here we come, baby. And I think like how it is matched up right now. So Trav would be the number one seed, win in the blue division, or having be the, the best the best record of the division winners. So number two seed goes to the other division winner, which is Adam Stow, which is who you're playing currently. Um, then my cousin is eleven and five as well. So of the second seeds, he's better than the other division. So then my brother slots in to be the four seed. And then I have the be- I'm the best team of the wild card teams of the next best four. So I would be the five seed. So I would play Kurt in the first round right now. And both of my championships have been me finishing fifth and playing Kurt in the first round as the number four seed. And then that that has equated to both my championships. One of which all four of the lower teams won in the first round. So it was like a cakewalk for me to the finals. Um, and then my last championship, which was like, what, 2019? Um, I beat Kurt in the first round by one point. And like he like toiled back and forth a whole bunch about one particular position. And if he would have went the other way, he would have beat me. And that's like when I won the championship, I made a t-shirt. And I made a t-shirt, I wrote just like 2019 Blue League, uh, Blue Gold League champion on it. And then on mm-hmm. the back, I just put one freaking point because that's all Kurt would say to me after I beat him. Like one freaking point. Because if he would have beat me, how everything played out, he would have won the championship. Similar to like what we were doing with yours last year. Like if yeah. you won, these what the matchups would have been, where would you have finished? And you, know, you would have, I think you would have won it all. Well, wouldn't have got robbed week one. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like if you wouldn't have had that blown call, your record would have been different, your matchup would have been different, and I think you would have won a championship as well. Mm-hmm. All the way back to Sunday night game week one, <laughs> changed everything. Uh, you know, but still a month and a half to go for fancy playoffs. A lot can happen. I could easily not make the playoffs. I'm only two games up on the teams on the outside right now, so I could easily. Yeah, I mean, I'm scoring well. more points than you are right now, so yeah. Hey, I'm just I'm winning my week. That's all I care about really at this point. And I need to catch. Oh, dude, Sean Murphy ends up putting six points today. Let's go. There we go. Um, but yeah, so all around, pretty good. Chris and I were successful at the trade deadline. Yankees were successful at the trade deadline. Cardinals. Left something to be desired. Hey, the Cardinals but... were successful in fleecing the Yankees at the trade deadline. <laughs> I I disagree. I think it was a fair trade. It just didn't make sense for me at the time right now with the Yankees. I think it's only a fair dude. Okay, so it's only a fair trade. We'll see how Harrison Bader plays out. If his foot problem. Well, well, in that same logic, we'd have to see how Montgomery plays out too. Like if Montgomery comes out and gets shelled and starts walking guys all the time. Then well, okay. That's Yan- Yankees come out way ahead, and it's not again. Montgomery hasn't been very good in his last two. Starts. You literally lost a pitcher for the. I mean, I'm just saying, you lost a pitcher that could have pitched that currently is set to pitch games for the rest of the year, and just got a player that's you're not expecting to see for the rest of the year. So, and hey, we'll see. Maybe you get like a Tony Losey type future Cy Young winner. Yeah, as a player to be named later. So maybe we hope that Bader doesn't come back, so we can see who the player to be named. Yeah, I definitely want Cash or a player to be named later. I'm fine with that. But yeah. looking but looking at Montgomery's last two starts, 
He went two and a third against the Mets, gave up four runs on five hits with two of them being home runs. And then he went four innings against the Royals, gave up four runs. Um, he has. Yeah, but he's around a toxic Yankees fan base. Who's yeah, making he, fun of Joey Gallo all the time. So he has walked at least one batter in each of his last nine starts. Until he's going to pitch a no hitter um, on Saturday. Um, he's given up Saturday, 15 no-hitter. home runs on the year. Oh, dude, I'm definitely. Aaron Judge is definitely banging dudes if Jordan Montgomery is pitching on Saturday. Imagine. Yeah, I Aaron Judge will hit home runs off of whoever. Definitely Montgomery. Oh, I've seen you. Yeah, he. But he, that he's, a, like, he's a quality. Bro. He's a quality start type guy, like machine. Like he's only gone more than six innings on a handful of occasions. Um, but even when he goes six innings, like. He went six innings, gave up four runs to Tampa Bay. He went six and two thirds, gave up five innings, gave up five runs to Oakland. Um, you know, so it's like he'll occasionally, you know, spin a gem where he goes, you know, like he's went seven innings twice. And it was against the Cubs and the Angels. Hey, well, he could play the Cubs a couple more times. Yeah, for sure. I'm saying like he hasn't, he hasn't been as stellar as of late. Um, the strikeouts really haven't been there. He has he has struck out less batters as of late. Um, but yeah, like he he does pitch to contact. Like he throws a lot of strikes. He doesn't walk a ton of guys. Throws strikes. Gets ground balls. Like he has like a forty percent ground ball rate. So I think it. I think he could be a very good fit. And I think Bader for the Yankees. Maybe not much this year, but next year it adds that dynamic center fielder um, defensively. And like I said, like if they want to move Hicks out of that role and move him more to left or have Bader play left where there's the giant left field over there, you know, either way, it's just a defensive upgrade to what they currently have from Gallo. And if they don't plan on bringing back Ben attendee, or maybe they resign Ben attendee and then you have Hicks to be able to deal if you have Bader in the mix or Bader is like your, you know, Hicks becomes your fourth outfielder, you know, but then you also have Stanton. So, oh, it, it's weird, but I think it just means that they don't plan on trying to resign Ben Attendee, would be my assumption. And they knew they were going to have Montas, so they were going to have six starters next year. So you were going to have to move someone somewhere. So why, why hesitate if you can get Bader and potentially a player to be named later that might be more than what you can get for Montgomery, you know, in all season. Yep. So we'll see. I think it could be good for both teams. One of those rare win-win scenarios. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add on your end? Um, uh, no, no, no. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Think we're Solid episode, a little longer than normal, but lots to talk about the trade deadline. Hope everyone yeah. enjoyed it. Um, as things shake out, we'll continue to talk about this for a while, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have Bader Montgomery chats every week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much all the time now. <laughs> um, but yeah. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, till next time, stay cool.
Good evening. Bye.